Hi, we're Shannon and Jerry Arner. And our dog, Betty White. Your hosts of the Arner Adventures podcast. Could we have named it something more creative? Probably. But it's the name of our blog. It's our last name. We're on an adventure. Yada, yada, yada. After running our own business, working 24-7. And don't forget a mental breakdown in between. We made a lifestyle change and decided to make the most out of life. We sold our house, most of our belongings, downsized, and moved to the coast. We live life minimally, but fully. We live each day as an adventure. This show will help you learn how to live life more fully, with more intention, by experiencing more, and with less stuff. We'll talk about our own experiences, interview others who have much to share by creating a spark in our lives. Some days we'll share real life ongoings of what we're going through, and others will talk about our favorite flavor of waffle. Come join our adventure. It's, it's the, the Arner Adventures, Adventures Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Jerry. And I'm Shannon. Betty White, our golden gal, is hanging here with us, and we're back for episode 99. That's 99 of the Honor uh, Adventures podcast. I just can't even. I just can't even. I can't even believe it. We're almost there, almost at episode 100. I'm just so excited. Triple digits coming up. I know that is just, (laughs) (laughs) I've never made it to a hundred of anything. I think I've said this before that I know I've said it before and you've probably heard a thousand times, but I get tired of most things in my life. How many times do we switch the the furniture around all that? I, I just, I'm not very, I'm consistent in my routines, I guess I would say, but I do get tired of things, but I cannot believe I say two things, how long we've been together. (laughs) (laughs) And number two, that we have been so consistent with this podcast since episode one. We've never missed a week. No matter what happens, it's just amazing. Just goes to show it's never too late to find your niche, huh? I know. We might have both. We'll get more into that on our 100th episode because we we need to get to this. Listen, this episode... It has been a long time coming. I feel like we have uh, kind of gone back and forth for a while with our guest and what energy she brought, what wonderful tips and nuggets of resourcefulness for mental health, for clarity. I love that she says um, for um, connecting with your life force. It was just mm-hmm. great. Her name is Rachel Fleischman. And oh golly, we recorded this on a Saturday morning and we've said before, it's like having someone in your home and she just brought the energy into our home, right? She really did. I mean, it was just, I could tell right away, this is somebody that was really in line with the kind of things we like, but, but also the kind of things we talk about and are important. And uh, yeah. and off tape at the end, I we finished a conversation talking about one of my favorite topics, Jewish comedians. Well, we'll get into that a little <laughs> bit more at the wrap up. Yeah. But yes, uh, Rachel uh, talks to us about, she's first of all, she's a psychotherapist and she's uses dance for uh, mm. a lot of her therapy. And so we're going to dig more into that. You know what? She explains it a lot better than we're, we than we can. So let's just go ahead and get to the conversation. You ready? Let's do it. Well, let's welcome our guest, Rachel Fleischman. Rachel is an internationally renowned psychotherapist, workshop leader, and dance facilitator with over 25 years of experience. You can already tell why we want her on the show. We're so excited. Her work has touched the lives of thousands, offering a path to wholeness, connection, and self-expression. Rachel's passion lies in helping individuals reconnect with their life force and find healing through movement and psychotherapy. 
She has a diverse background, having taught at psychiatric hospitals, universities, retreat centers, various workshops globally. She's been featured a million places. Rachel, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Shannon and Jerry. It's a pleasure to be here. And that was a great intro. That just made my day. Oh. Make my head smaller again. My head's feeling <laughs> a little big. <laughs> oh, you are, your, your background and everything we read about you, and it, it's just it's just so interesting. And we, Jerry and I were talking um, before we get on here with you that how um, we can't wait to get into, you know, the dance correlation to psychotherapy. And we were like, Oh, do you think it's sort of like, you know, when you move, it helps your mental health. Anyway, we're going to get into all of that, but we do want to paint a picture for our audience and let them know where you're coming to us from today. Oh, I love that picture. And, and part of the picture is a gorgeous cat just landed on me. I hope that's okay. She'll change it. That's fine. Yeah. It is chilly today. That's part of it. So I'm coming to you from San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. I've only been to your state once. I've been to North Carolina to teach at, um, Art of Living Retreat Center in I know that. It's mm-hmm. a really cool place. Really cool yep. to visit. Yeah. So I'm in San Francisco. And you know what's cool? I looked at a couple of maps last night. We're right in the geographic center of the city. So if you looked at a map and put a dot in, you could all come and rob me. No, 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 no. I'm being <laughs> silly. I'm being terrible. Um, we're right in the geographic center. But if you visited us, you'd feel probably that we were slightly south. So we're just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Castro which is the gay district that yep. is extremely yeah. famous. Yeah, we're we love that. We have been there. Uh-huh. Oh, good. We're yeah. a hop, skip, and a jump from the hate, which is the, um, uh-huh. you know, Allen Ginsberg uh-huh. place yeah. and, uh, and a couple other really cool neighborhoods. So I'm from Philadelphia originally. Oh, so, hey, go um, Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am from the inner city of Philadelphia, not okay. far from Germantown. Lived there uh-huh. for my first 31 years and then moved here to study dance therapy. Oh, my gosh. There's oh. so many commonalities here. Yeah. I just yeah, love it's this. Nice. It's nice. Really neat. I was born north of Philadelphia in Easton, PA. Yeah, right. Yeah, very close. Yeah, right very up close. the road. Yes. Yeah, so cool. I grew up in North Carolina, but I was born there. lived there until I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really yeah. cool, Terry. Yeah. I love knowing that. Yeah, uh-huh. lovely. <laughs> I So I, I first want to start with, um, and you know, this is, um, one of the, a conversation that comes up a lot, of course, mental health and anxiety. And Jerry and I both have been very open about our own issues with anxiety. And I, I, I always like to get the perspective of an expert and let's really take advantage of this opportunity. Uh, anxiety seems to be very common now. And I, we've, we always wonder, is it because, um, you know, people say, um, Oh, I've got anxiety and they don't have a problem saying that. Whereas a lot of people wouldn't say I have depression or they don't say, um, this, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like as catchy as saying I'm anxious or I have anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety is almost like a buzzword. Yeah. Depression is not, there's still a little stigma around that. I remember you saying that on, on your podcast that I think, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was having to do with seasonal depression. Hello, I have that. Mm-hmm. Oh I know that world. Um, mm-hmm. Golly, you make such a good point. And I think it's because anxiety is energy giving-ish. It can go both ways. But it's energy giving. And it can be what we feel when we have something at stake. Depression uh, zaps our they both, in my opinion, zap our life force. But depression is you know, a lack of spirit, a lack of life force, a lack of hope. And I wonder if it is less inviting to share about or less popular at cocktail parties to talk about. Because mm-hmm. when we say it, maybe people think we're saying, I'm not that devoted to my work. I'm not working that hard. 
my life force isn't that strong. Maybe I'm not that successful. I mean, we still want to sound somewhat appealing as humans. We still want to sound, I think, um, somewhat like we have something going for us. We definitely want to still sound likable as people. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, you know, the conditions are, you know, two sides of the same coin. Get anxious long enough, you will be depressed, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and with depression, if you sort of start there, there can be some anxiety. So it's interesting you say that. It's kind of both fortunate and unfortunate that we're living in times where we can talk about, I'm like, I'm thrilled that people are talking about this. Um, I don't know what we get with each other when we share our anxiety, because sometimes if we're not professionals, we can make it worse. What are you anxious about? What's the worst that can happen? Oh my God, that might happen. That really might happen. The ship might sink. It could happen. It happened to the Titanic. You know, so it's interesting. (laughs) But I think the answer is basically that anxiety is more palatable and it means we have something, you know, that, that we're living for and that we're working with. And maybe also with depression, since suicidality is now a word, we never say anymore someone we try not to say someone committed suicide. We say they suicided because mm-hmm. it's it's less of a sin. It's more of just terrible, terrible mm. uh, problem. Mm-hmm. So I think in saying we're depressed, I wonder if there's also a worry that a friend will be like, do I need to call 911? What's going uh-huh. on? There You're can be so that too. right. That we recently sense, yeah. we <laughs> recently started hearing uh, the word. I think it was in a documentary about he suicided, and I think that was the first time I'd ever was, heard that. Yeah. The first yes. time I ever heard it. Yeah, but I like thought. that you said yeah. because you're right. It, the the committed does sound very you know committed a sin, yeah. more biblical and and just so taboo. And so I I like that you brought that up. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As therapists. I heard a great talk on suicide. I know that sounded weird. A great talk on suicide. Great talk on suicidality, meaning the whole subject, the whole container. And this great therapist leading it said, we therapists need to be able to talk about suicidality, meaning someone having those thoughts with the same comfort we would have having of talking about a hamburger. Like we just need to be able to talk about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. We had uh, a guest recently, uh, Kevin Berthia. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He, um, he is now a uh, um, you know, uh, anti-suicide advocate. Suicide, yeah, suicide prevention advocate. Is but this the he, fellow who has survived an attempt that was yeah, recently oh, on twenty-two attempts. But oh his, God, the big I'm one sorry. That, I, mm. The big one that uh, got you know people saw was his uh, attempt on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And that was sort of what brought um, him to the limelight. That was back in two thousand five, but we had him on the show and I, I remember, I mean, I, I, I told him this too. I remember being very anxious and nervous. Like I know you talk about this all the time, but right. we feel really anxious about having this conversation. But by the end of it is like you just said, it was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Of course it's still very serious and very yeah. um, needed to, to seek professional help. But he now helps people talk about it and make it more of a conversation. That's like that, talking about a hamburger. I love right. that. Right. But it was like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about how you got, of course, you know, you, your experience of getting into the field of psychotherapy, but I want to talk about how you brought in dance. Did, is that something that, you know, you've danced all your life and you decided you'd bring it in. I would love to talk about that conversion. Sure. sure. I mean, I think it's always heal the healer. We're all we're all teaching, generally speaking, what we've needed to know and what we've needed to learn. And so for me, dance, 
has always been a place to express myself, to let go of everything in here, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. to let to let go of all of that and to free myself. And then when my dad got sick and died when I was 25, it went to a much deeper level where I often say that I danced the dance of my father's death and it helped me heal. So when there's movement happening, you just lose that prefrontal cortex inner policeman or woman. You just lose that. So in my, in, in my uh, anecdotal history and experience, that meant being able to move and clear out a lot of pain. Well, wouldn't you know, I'm not alone. I'm, yet, I'm one of millions who's done this. So I started to study. I'd always been a mover, uh, never a great one. Let's make that clear. I love <laughs> moving, but I've, yeah. I've not won any contests. I love it. I definitely have some natural flexibility and some natural groove and rhythm but I've not won any contests. So this never got to a point of being best in class or being chosen for some type of performance, although I performed as you do. Uh, Anyway, so I uh, started studying all the movement-based therapies I could. And in my late 20s was uh, working at a psychiatric hospital in Philadelphia where I loved working there until it all became about paperwork and insurance Mm -hmm. or yeah, it was still paper then, wasn't it? It was still actual yeah. paperwork and insurance. And uh, they had a really great movement therapist. And for whatever political reasons, they needed to get rid of her. And they threw me in. They said, Rachel, you do all that woo-woo stuff. I mean, this is Philly. It's not San Francisco. So everything I did, you know, of the yoga and the meditation and the chakras was woo-woo to them. Mm-hmm. They were smart people, but they did not rock the woo-woo. But they said, you do all the woo-woo. Will you go in and just lead some movement therapy for the patients? And in no way were we cavalier about these things. We did great work with the patients. So they trusted me. And I found a CD somewhere because we use CDs then. And I popped uh-huh. it in an SDD player. And I just saw my patients who were almost mute really come to life through the sound You know, it's not just moving the body. Sound really helps. Mm -hmm. Music is a gift. Music takes us out of ourselves instantly. So I always say, I'm just cheating. It's really the music working. But when we move the body, so much is happening. We're letting go of inner competition. Sometimes I work out ideas in my head through movement. Um, I would also, you know, want to say immediately, there are those who do not like to dance. I don't force them. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Just like I wouldn't want to be forced to eat a food I cannot stand. Right. 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 So cruel to do that. So I don't force people. I just say, find what gives you joy. My God, just find what, just find what frees you. If that's Mm -hmm. going for a run, that's great. If it's crossword puzzles, I mean, I'd rather it be something in your body. If that's gardening, that's great. For me, it's dance, and I'm not alone in that. I would say maybe 60, 70% of people probably would agree with this, but there's a strong 35 or 40 that have found something else. I also want to say that the the sort of movement arts like Tai Chi and Qigong are part of this world. And if okay. you practice them, that's a nice gateway. It's a good healthy gateway drug, if you will, in the sense that you're moving, but you have more of um, a prescribed steps that you're taking. But it's so about the breath and it's so healing. So my late father practiced Tai Chi in the 70s. Mm-hmm. He would take the bus and the train and then another bus from Philly to New York to practice with his Tai Chi teacher before Tai Chi was cool, friends. This was before it was a thing (laughs) that people were, you know, doing. Uh, It was was not words that we use. So so I was kind of brought up in a countercultural environment where I saw a parent, both parents enjoying music and jitterbug kind of movements. 
Yeah. <laughs> we were very free about that. You know, like countercultural Jews. We're not like tightly wound. Well, we're tightly wound and anxious, but put the music on and we can let yeah. go and go back to the shtetl times. It's cool. Making generalizations right. here. So, so that's a little smidge of how I got into this. And then I just gobbled everything, everything, everything up regarding movement-based therapies and something else that I trained called expressive art therapy, which is combining movement, drawing, and writing. You guys, it's so mm. much fun. Because if you're not as much into the movement, or maybe it scares you, or maybe you just get tired, which I do, you then have an hour where we're sketching and drawing with our non-dominant hand, and it's playtime. And then you're writing things. And people do so much beautiful writing because they've lost that inner policeman again, right? Mm. It's gone. So uh -huh. people are writing their dreams, their hopes, letting go of fears and self-hatred. It's an extremely therapeutic movement system, Dancer Bliss. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Mm -hmm. it, that, mm -hmm. That's neat. It's also, um, I think it's now that I I know that, it to me seems less intimidating to know, because in my mind, I had that you probably were professionally a trained dancer and then you went. So then I go, <laughs> oh gosh, I would, I would be so anxious talking about anxiety. I would be so anxious to to, to work with that. But then hearing you say, yeah, it's just yeah. about the movement. And it, you know, just like similar to how we talk about how, when we're really uh, under a lot of stress, sometimes if we just get out and take a walk, it, it helps. Yeah. Well, and I was picturing in my mind, like you see pe people, if you've if you ever been to a reggae show or you, the people you think about at the Grateful Dead shows where it's just kind of a sway, you know, it's like, <laughs> which is great. It's great, yeah. right? You don't oh, have you're to in a trance. You're in a yeah. joy trance. You're in a joy trance. That's a great example of um communal joy just all of us mm. or at church church and synagogue mm. where you go and there's there's we were at synagogue last night very reform just the singing and the music and there were tablas drums i was like well we jews are are really <laughs> alive alive yeah. people not just we're all alive people reggae yeah. show grateful dead show being lost in the music when we think about i know very little about like ancient history, but come on, every tradition, I would think every religion, except for maybe very um, serious ends of any spectrum, yeah. use dance as a way to communicate because it's a ritual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And right? there is, is something ritual. about, and I, there's a word for it and I, I'm, it's lost on me, but there, there is something to that I've read that is very um, healing when you say are at a concert and everyone is a fan of that same music and everyone's moving to the same yes. music that they oh, love. Yes. yes, yes, yes. I mean, again, I'm really bad at remembering words. Me, I'm yeah, super smart in some ways, but I didn't do great <laughs> in school because you always had to memorize everything. But think yeah. about that. We're all together. There's mm -hmm. probably a similarity in the way our hearts are beating. We're yeah. all loving this sound. Even watching, if I even watch a David Matthews show, yeah. or if I watch... Right now, it's Taylor Swift is a is sort of a thing. Or if I watch, um, I love going back in time and watching the great, I'm uh, not grateful, uh, watching, I'm, I'm going to surprise you with this, um, talking heads, stop making sense. They did that uh, show and I was really yeah. touched by, I think mm -hmm. David Byrne is amazing. But when I think about all these other humans, when I go to a show that love this music and are with me in that, mm -hmm. we all have a connection. We're yeah. all here for the same deliciousness. Yeah. That is really special, isn't it? Isn't it, it? Uh -huh, is. it is. It's just a good feeling. And I, I was actually at that show in 83, The Talking Head Stopped Making Sense, oh and, my. that you see on the movie. And it was a God. very fancy and very... Oh, he and I love the way he moves, uh, uh -huh. uh, if you will, beautifully and awkwardly, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. I love that. And sometimes mm -hmm. I'll joke it when I'm teaching, like, let me be the silliest person in the room. I'm not going to... I mean. 
sure, I have some, I'm very flexible. I have some moves and whatnot, but also I will say on the flip side, I want to mention when we dance, we do feel beautiful. Uh -huh. So I work with a lot of people of size, real uh -huh. big folks. And I work with uh, folks who are, I've, I've definitely had um, a lot of movers who are on the spectrum who've said to me kind of like on the sly, Hey, you know, I'm autistic. And um, this has helped me so much. I have a girlfriend. Someone has said to me once and I thought, like, I didn't want to take all the credit, but I'm going to take all the credit. It was a freeing. I mean, this is someone who came to class every day for weeks and weeks when I was teaching at a retreat center. Well, of course, it's going to boost your confidence. Of course, it's just going to feel beautiful. Also, the military, which I know absolutely nothing about, but the marching in sync, the way also that I think when slaves would be doing hard work and have a sound, have a spiritual that they'd sing. It does indeed connect us. And sadly and happily, it makes them work harder. Hmm. So for the military or for people who are working ridiculous hours, that music can keep an energy flowing. It can keep a life force happening. But there is something indeed about that keeping step and keeping time uh -huh. in the military that I find fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading something on that recently. Where that, I mean, that goes back you know, to ancient times with, mm -hmm. with the war stuff, there was the drums of war instead, you know, drums and drum beats to keep everybody. Yes. Moving. Yes. Yeah. How do you handle or how do you work with someone who, because you've talked about um, teaching these or holding these classes and groups at retreats or um, different places. How do you, or what advice do you give someone who, you know, it would be really great for, for someone who, who has social anxiety yeah. and doesn't really, isn't really comfortable about being in groups, but you know, they would benefit from it. Like how do you handle that? Well, I love that question because after the pandemic and here in, in the Bay area, like we really masked, like kids would still be masking, not to make this a political convo, but kids yeah. would still be masking after three years outside yeah. five-year-olds. So we did lose a sense of even how to be together. So I developed some social anxiety and was like, oh, this is, you know, in a sense, I'm my own laboratory. Boy, yeah. that I would have so many awkward conversations. And I thought, well, I just don't know how to be human. I had the mm. gift of gab before and so on. That's um, first of all, I believe in baby steps and I believe in self-compassion big time. And that's the way to do it. Don't throw yourself in the pool. That's not my way. It's baby steps. It's what feels good in your body and listen to the body is the social anxiety. I mean, I've worked with people who have social anxiety where there, it, it moves almost into phobia. Oh, my face will turn bright red. Oh, everyone will see me sweat. Yeah. Um, oh, everyone will know. I feel like I'm going crazy. Well, actually, mm -hmm. no. Nobody gives a crap. You know, everybody's mm -hmm, busy mm -hmm. in their own world, yeah. thinking about their own prettiness or whatnot. But um, yeah. so that's kind of, you know, when it's really intense, I help people, of course, by unwinding some of the thoughts because anxiety is, it's lying to us. Our anxiety is telling us a story most yeah. of the time, right? Mm -hmm, Our anxiety mm -hmm. is saying, here's a way in which you will fail, look stupid, you know, be, be terribly embarrassed. Um, and sometimes a lot of comedy plays on that, you know, the man pooing in the bathroom on a hot date at the girl's house before mm -hmm. they're going to have, you know, have sex and yeah. there's no toilet paper and he plugs up the toilet and it's, it's yeah. like your worst, it's like taking social anxiety and yes. like making it a thousand times fold so that we can all yeah. at least go, yes, yes, I worry. Um, and I think some, some of us are just prone to it more genetically. So first I'd say self-compassion, pretty please have mm -hmm. self-compassion for yourself. 
And secondly, I'd say, what do you love doing? I love talking to people about what do you enjoy? And the socially anxious person might say, oh my God, there's nothing more uh, that I enjoy than my gardening or working with clay or lifting weights at the gym. And I go, wait, you're lifting weights at the gym. So I grab something where they don't realize they're already sort of amazing. Right. right? There's some way in which we all have these strengths in us we're not even aware of, which is so cool to me. So I grab that and I go, could you imagine taking that ferocity, taking what it is when you lift weights? Oh, no, it's different. They'll say, I'm listening to music or podcasts and I don't notice anyone around me, but it's because you enjoy it. So I start with things they enjoy. If a socially anxious person loves football, go to foot, go where it's comfortable. Uh huh. And I think because we now have, you've like really cool headsets on. I'm just wearing a little, a little uh, AirPods or earbuds or whatnot, I, because we have those now, I, I'm noticing a lot of people wearing them. And I wonder if in some, sure, it's probably because they have great music and it's sound, it's sound quieting. But I also think if I was a socially anxious person, I'd be wearing those Jimmy Jams all the time because it sort of says to the world, I'm not with you. I'm doing my own thing. Listen, it's not necess- yeah. we knew someone, we know someone who doesn't want to, when she is at home and she's working out in the yard uh, or even getting out, of, she has said getting out of her car, going inside, she will pop her, yep. her earbuds yep. in because she doesn't want to talk to anyone. And That's she right. said, sometimes I don't even right. play music. I just That's don't right. want to talk to someone, anyone. So okay. you're saying that that's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm a psychotherapist. A I, yeah, I do. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. We do what we need to do. So I say baby right. steps is number one. What's it mm-hmm. like if that person is at Trader Joe's um, or Whole Foods and just says hi to, you know, low stakes, start with low stakes. It's when I work with people who have to do, you know, public speaking at work and they have to do it now. And like, they usually come to me like right before a huge event for their first session. And sometimes um, depending on when I get a sense if it's really interfering with their life, you know, we, we really do a lot of very important sort of Sherlock Holmesy questions. I'm like a, I always say I'm like a Sherlock Holmes of love. I want to get a sense of how much is this affecting them. And if they tell me they're losing sleep, it's affecting their appetite. If their thoughts are spinning, I'm like, so you're going to get an appointment with a doctor. I don't prescribe medicine. I am not pushing medicine ever, but there is something called rescue medicine. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff they don't want to give you. That's the stuff they'll give you a couple of pills, Uh you know, but if this is the kind of thing, and I've worked with people where they would you, you know, I'm being really careful now that I'm not a doctor. I'm being really careful. I'm just saying on your listeners, Go to the doctor if something right. is really bothering. Like those you. are important signs as to like, why you should absolutely. Go. And doctors are extra, 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 extra careful right now, which I'm so glad yeah. about. But what I noticed is this person. I remember using them a couple of times and going, "I don't know if they helped me, Rachel." And I would say, "Well, how did it go?" Well, it was a lot better, but I was still nervous. I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's called help. You were a lot, you were going to still be nervous." Uh-huh. And that's great. And that's great. That's your life force. That's your energy. And then they would just put it in their pocket and be like, I don't use them. I just have them in my pocket. Go, that's right. right. That's yeah. right. I, I think your, your term baby steps too is just so key because I, I think, especially in our culture where everybody wants to quick fix on everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. It just means a lot to say, yeah, it's all right to go in little steps yeah. and Thank you. Way through things. Thank you. I just want to interject that. No, what Jerry, <laughs> listeners, listen to what Jerry just said. If you write down two words today, it's baby steps. Yeah. yeah. I want to touch on something that you brought up earlier and it keeps coming back into my head when uh, you're talking about working with people for different reasons and you talked about the grief of your father. I, uh, I'm wondering, um, and grief is something that we've dealt with and we, we still deal with, but I'm wondering if, if grief is uh, fresh 
and, and it, you know, whatever it is, has just happened. And, you know, that person is spiraling. They know that maybe they have a history of depression and, and what, I guess, without, you know, having advice, again, um, this is not advice to anyone out there, but I would love to know, do you have um, some tips or is there advice of that that person should also go out and dance? Like when you did, when you started dancing, did you do it immediately? Right, I, right. Is there well, I, like a rule of a period of time so before you do this? We're all different. I was quite angry. We have a little book. Some people call it the Bible for psychotherapists. It is not my Bible. It's called the DSM, the Di Diagnostic yeah. Statistic Manual of, of Mental Disorders. Mm -hmm. And I call the DSM Diagnosing for Status and Money. That's the DSM. <laughs> Mm. Diagnosing mm -hmm. for status and money. I know I can be a little bit. No, um, I love that. You know, I but, love it. It's label. Um, it's like a label I, that is homosexuality was in that book, my friend. Oh, I didn't know that. Being gay was in that book. And the other thing that was in that book that was problematic to me was, um, forgive me for forgetting the terms again. I, I'm not great with that, but it had to do with um, grieving. It had to do with grief and loss, and that it, you know it was it was made into a disorder. Wow. You know, bereavement, it might have been called bereavement disorder, but it was that if you're grieving for a certain number of months, for a certain number of days, and it's affecting th this and that, you then have bereavement disorder. I'm like, no, you have grief and loss. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's really interesting in some communities where I teach you know, really beautiful retreat centers. These are expensive things, but your listeners can write them down. They have classes and therapy for what's called grief, loss, and remembrance. And I was like, oh, I like those three words together. Grief, loss, and remembrance. You know, and I think about that. I think of, you know, when you mentioned in your pod that you lost three, I think you said three babies, three doggy yeah. bears. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, well, I mean, I can't, it, you know, these things happen. Um, yeah. First, first of all, I, number one, uh, I don't remember the total truth of, of my journey, but I will say what I did. I mean, the minute he, the moment I can recall that I learned that he had cancer, the moment, because this was a, a person who was always into holistic health, who avoided Western meds. So folks, do Eastern, do Western, do a mix. But the minute I learned, and I immediately went into a panic attack and was in, because the, the doc who did the procedure to learn it was quite morose and quite serious when he told me. Um, I said, it's interesting how it just came out of my mouth. I was 24 and I said, get me a woman or a social worker. I was like, damn, where'd that come from? I didn't mean to be abusive. I was just like, sure. so you wanted to give me an Ativan. I was like, okay, maybe get me a woman or a social worker. Cause he was like a bulldog. He forgive. I love dogs, but this man <laughs> just did not, that bulldog is too nice. He was just, he was, he was a surgeon. He was not meant to be a conversationalist. Right. And no, so, bedside manner, so right, like. no bedside manner. So I think it's, I think with shock and then, you know, with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's work around, um, grief, what is it? Anger. So does anger, denial, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Oh, yeah. That's the word. Yeah. And it might be bargaining. So later she decided that we shouldn't put it in any order because who the hell knows? So for right. me, I just bargained the whole time he was dying. I was just bargaining, yeah. like, if we do this, could we get five more years? If I yep. do that, I'll never eat sugar and I'll never do anything bad again, you know? So what I did was I immediately uh, got a nurse to talk to me for a few minutes, I suppose. I can't really remember. And then I found uh, bereavement support and I had no money. Uh, wasn't in grad school. Yeah, I didn't have much money. So I found everything low fee and your listeners should know everything can be available low fee. You've said that on other episodes. I know mm -hmm. they know that, but I really, really mean more than ever because we have this. It's so beautiful that we can treat one another 
uh, all over the country. It's really amazing. So I found an affordable uh, grief therapist. I remember I would meet her in her apartment that was in a high rise in downtown. She's quite swanky. That's why she could give me a, a low fee session. Uh-huh. And she just gave me a beautiful hug. And I had, and then the therapy, and I had my regular therapist. So my, cause my regular was like, oh, I can't rock this. You need to find a specialist. She uh-huh. knew, she knew uh-huh. her And then I found a grief group <laughs> and yep. then I found dance and mm. I would, and then I also found other processes and one of them was listening to guided tapes again uh-huh. and again, or I would move and dance while my therapist was kind of supporting me through language. You know, it'd uh-huh. be like me saying, Shannon, take a deep breath, take yeah. a moment and just stretch your arms. And you're like, oh, that feels so good. So it's a whole bunch of things. Um, every human is different. No, nobody's the same. Somebody else might not want to go there. You know, my husband's English. He lost his father. I, he did not want to, you know, move and dance and stretch and talk about it. Because he's an Englishman. <laughs> Right. It's terribly sad. Uh, But um, we all have different styles and we all have different needs. We don't exactly know what they are. But um, what's great is the need that you have. It's, you know, there is an antidote. There is something for you out there for sure. Uh, How does someone, someone's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I want to work with Rachel. Do do you work with people outside of just those those courses, I mean, the, uh, the retreats and the, the group classes, or do they, do they need to come to you? How would that work? Um, I do, you know, I'm a psychotherapist. So primarily I'm not leading retreats. I'm in an office sitting on my butt, uh, practicing psychotherapy Monday through Friday, uh, usually not in the kitchen, usually in the office or in the office room here. Um, so yeah, I work with clients. What's interesting for psychotherapists is we usually can only treat people in the state in, in which we live and where we're licensed. So I'm licensed Mm -hmm. in the state of California. I'm licensed in the state of Pennsylvania. And I may be very soon licensed in the state of New York. I don't want to count my chickens. We're working on that. So, you know, if I have the time and energy, I can be licensed in different states. But generally, try to work with someone near where you live. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's nice to be on the same time zone. It's nice to know if you can meet them in person. You can, if that made any sense. Yeah. But a lot of the time, if the money isn't there and we, we can't find our perfect fit, it is a good enough experience for sure to find somebody um, who isn't near you and still have that human connection. We feel it. We feel it through the computer studies have shown mm-hmm. much as I love in person and boy, do I, this is still a human connection right here. Yeah. 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 How would someone, what, what, what would someone go and look for in order to find services like yours? That's not just yeah, psychotherapy. I love that. I love that. that. I love that question. Couple of couple of Google words. One would be expressive arts therapy. Okay. Another would be art therapy. And that can be really interesting. And in expressive art therapy and art therapy, we have not just drawing, we have weaving. Music therapy is a thing too. Um, uh-huh. And we have poetry therapy, art therapy, music therapy. You know, there are so many different um, versions. And, and ways that we can find healing. If someone is spiritual, there's a lot of really cool things uh, that exist in our places of worship. Uh, I would also look at, did I say dance therapy? Ecstatic dance is really uh-huh. fun. I'd look at ecstatic dance. Wow, I would look okay. At, Sounds fun. It does. <laughs> I'd look at five rhythms. I'd look at that. That's super fun. Um, I would email me and just get more resources from me. I love resourcing people, even if I've never, ever meet them in person. It's my favorite thing. It is, okay. it's an oath you kind of sign when you become a social, social worker is that if you call me and 
I know I'm not going to be able to work with you is that we don't get off that phone before I'm like giving you some resources or I get your email and get back to you. Yeah, I um, love that. I, I want people to Google these things because I found during the pandemic a weaving class that I did with a paper plate and yes, with a paper plate uh-huh. and some yarn. And it was an arts therapist teaching us a way of weaving that I will look up and send you. Your listeners have okay. to have this resource. I'll send it to you. We've been in the show notes. So okay. there's so many ways. I mean, I, my my beautiful niece was going through stuff. So she's, we we raised money and she got a horse. She's in England. So horses are a little <laughs> cheaper. They're really expensive in the States to, to, like, yeah. to like have a horse is a very big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when she is combing her horse's hair, I guess brushing is a better word for it, that connection. So animal therapy, oh, equine yeah. therapy is out of this world. Volunteering with animals, you guys. Yeah. We can mm-hmm. find therapeutic access in ways we never expected to. We uh, know that singing, singing is up there. Singing might even be higher than dance in that immediate expression of changing the mood, lifting the mood. And again, that's why spiritual communities, we sing. We sing. Oh, mm-hmm. So there's so many resources out there. Me too. To add one too, I'm just thinking of cooking. I think cooking is, yes, is a very yes, therapeutic yes, thing too. Yeah. Yes. Very it, creative in the process. And, it and is. And then, the and it smells. Yeah. So that's another word I wanted to say to your listeners is um, think about your senses. Think about what we call sensorial or sensory therapy. I keep this next to me and you might laugh. It's just a picture pumpkins and spice. Well, you know, you had, mm-hmm. you spoke of this on one of your podcasts to, uh-huh. me, to have this near me. And I always keep one in the car too. If I'm under stress, I'm snorting that. Uh-huh. You want to work those five senses, sound, sight, touch, you know, hearing. Uh-huh. Now, right. It's very, very important to do that, especially if we are working very much with our minds and I'm just on a keyboard all day, have a shower, cleanses the spirit, oh, touching, yeah. smelling, all of those things are actually, so yes, cooking is so, so multisensorial. Also gardening. Um, yeah, we do love that. We love it's that. gotta be, that's gotta be number one. I, I don't have that much space here, but my indoor plants are how I treat them is out of this world. They're gorgeous. Yeah. They can go to friends, <laughs> yeah. friends' houses and garden for them. So yeah, there yeah. are ways, there are ways to heal, to help yourself, to get well that are right in front of you and they're there. I just want people to know they're there. Um, and of course, there's even hotlines. Nine, we have 988 instead of 911 mm-hmm. if people mm-hmm. are suffering now because 911 would kind of be problematic for different reasons because it would take you to the police. They have a lot going on. But 988 can take you to um, uh, 24-7 um, hotline. There's also other hotlines mm-hmm. people can call. So there's a lot. Yeah, and we'll put all those resources in the show notes. Yeah. Well, should we get to your, her wonderful. fast five questions? Yep, let's do it. Yep. Yeah. Okay, do you want to go with number one? I'll start with number one. Disco or salsa for a dance-off therapy session? Oh, for me, it's disco. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Number two, choose a dance partner, Fred Astaire or Michael Jackson. Oh, Fred Astaire for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These are hard. They're all great. <laughs> They're all great. Moving right along, um, bubble bath or hot stone massage to melt away stress. Oh, that's not fair. I know. <laughs> hot stone right now. Hot stone. Right okay. Now. Right okay. On. Number four, watch a comedy show for a good laugh or dive into a thrilling novel. Ooh, again, so good. Comedy show. <laughs> okay. Right okay. Now. 
And I think this next one has universal appeal. Ketchup or mustard? Mustard, 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 mustard. The spicier, the better. The tangier, the better. I could just eat it by the, yeah. Mustard I don't know why I'm not surprised by that. I feel like I'm not surprised by that. There's so many kinds with those little grains, you know, the little mustard seeds. And it's funny that we're closing on mustard because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> isn't there an expression that says just have a mustard seed of faith i believe there's an expression yes. it might yeah. be in yeah. christianity i'm not sure but i like that because that's really small mm-hmm. but if you can start there it can make a difference yes mm. i feel that way about hope too like yes. if you just have an inkling of hope then it's the same that's yes. the first time we've covered that on our ketchup or mustard it question. is so thank it you is. for that that's that's cool oh, mustard well, is wonderful Rachel, the question that we do ask everyone and we would love to ask you is what does a life well lived mean to you? So tender. The word that comes to me is be kindness. A life well lived is how can I be kind to you? How can I know that might sound simplistic, but a life well lived is one where we're practicing acts of kindness um, and practicing curiosity again and again and again with one another kindness curiosity and generosity there's a thousand other you know things i could say about getting outside and you know eating foods that you love and not worrying about your weight and um, being minimalist you don't have to have a big house but i would say if i just stayed with be kind be generous and be curious it's a life well lived sometimes the simplicity though no not sometimes all the time. The simplicity of an answer of like that yeah. makes me feel better. Like, because yeah. what it, it's attainable, right? It makes you Absolutely. feel like it's more attainable. We all have that know? to give. We all have right. that to give. Yeah, be- the, the more yeah. simplistic, I think I, I carry it through the day and kind of think about it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Look for all of those moments to practice kindness and you will be a happier person. Gratitude really makes a difference. Kindness makes a difference. Thank you, Rachel. Well, we're going to put all of this down in the show notes, but please tell our audience where they can find you, how they can get in touch if they do have questions from you. Oh, sure thing. You can just Google my name, rachelfleischman.com. I know the spelling's hard, but you can do it. And then there's also blisscounseling.com. And counseling is a funny word because if you're uh, in the United Kingdom or in Canada, it's with two L's, but you Mm. you can try it with one L and uh, get in touch. I'll send you some resources, which I love doing. Yeah. Oh, this was just lovely. I I loved this so much. I know that our audience is going to love it. And we really appreciate your time. We're recording this on a Saturday morning. And so we, we love, we actually love that. Like Jerry said, we feel like we're welcoming someone in our home and we do feel like you were in our home. So thank you for coming over. It sets (laughs) a great tone for the rest of the weekend. And yes, thank you so much for coming into our home. Your home is fabulous. And I wish I could have met <laughs> Betty White, but oh, I feel, I feel yeah, oh, <laughs> delicious, delicious. She's having a <laughs> Betty White, you're wonderful. Give her a scratch, give her a cuddle. This was a pleasure. Oh. Thank you so much, Shannon. And Likewise. Jerry and Betty. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that, that was, that was wonderful. Another special guest in our home on a Saturday morning. I know it and, makes uh, me want to do the Elaine dance from Seinfeld. The right? Elaine dance from Seinfeld. <laughs> Really resonates. And I, I think we talked about, we talked about that with her. We got into it, but it was after we were off It was tape, off but, air. Yeah. But it really ties in. And I had thought about it. Uh-huh. It came to mind during our talk about the importance of dance and how it doesn't really matter how you look dancing. It's just that it's important to move. And that's, yeah. that's what, where we steer towards that, that 
famous Elaine dance on Seinfeld, if any of you Seinfeld fans are familiar with. Yeah, and and little fun fact that we told her, and we're not sure if we've ever, we might have shared this before on episodes, but Jerry, and then I then became, Jerry is a big fan of Jewish comics. I, I am. I don't know when that's, I think it started a long time ago, but. And all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. like by proxy, I am too. And I definitely recognize like Jewish humor, not, not making fun of Jews. I'm saying like Jewish comedians just have a certain, I don't know, flair to their comedy. And I love it. I mean, of course, one of my favorites is Sarah Silverman, but yeah, yeah. There, uh, there seems to be a lot of un underlying themes or, or relatable themes in, in most <laughs> Jewish comics humor that just threads their way through their humor. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of things in common with them. And I did say but, uh, this off air and I'll say it and not to, not to ruffle feathers. I, I just, as far as the art, I'm a, we are big Woody Allen fans. Um, and that's kind of how we we started bonding over his books and his films. And we love a good Woody Allen film. Um, I, please don't DM us about the, the things you think about him. We just really love his humor and his just his writing, everything. We love all of that. And I just think it's it's amazing. But anyway, oh, he's one of the best ever. No yeah. Doubt. And and influence so many. You yeah. Can see it in so many comics. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But w the nuggets I took away from this is how often, uh, you know, there's the saying about dance, like no one's watching. There's the, there's so much in that. Like, I can't think of how many times I've been in a funky mood and I play some music while, you know, clean in the house and all of a sudden I'm dancing and I don't even know it. And then I feel better, but I love that it goes into the movement part and how she, she talked about just get moving it move your body and how like my morning walks, if yeah. I put, um, you know, some music in that I really love all of a sudden it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm walking, you know, a little bit of a, um, what's the Saturday night fever little walk, <laughs> which you do that to a T. Yeah. <laughs> the, the staying alive. Yes, yep. But mm -hmm. I do love the way it makes me feel. Um, you know, and I hope that no one is watching too much, but I do love to dance and I think it's a great form of therapy. And I just thought this was just wonderful and how apropos for our podcast. Oh, oh, I know. I, indeed. And, and I think a lot of people love to dance, but for somebody that incorporates it into her daily life, the way she does it, you can tell it's, it's as central as food and air for her. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's really neat. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, it does make me want to go to California and hang with her for a bit. Cause oh, I think her energy yeah. is just amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're actually going to stalk her retreat situation. So if she has some retreats, we're going to figure <laughs> out how to get to them. But right. of course, we said this in the show. All of her information will be linked in the show notes. If we mm -hmm. do find out about retreats that she's at, we will make sure that we let you all know about it because we think that you're going to be just as interested as we are. If this episode resonated with you or if you know of someone who would benefit from anything we talked about today or any episode, our guests or anything, please share it with a friend. It's a great way of supporting the podcast and us, and we really appreciate it. Another way of supporting the pod is by leaving us a five-star reviewer rating on the platform you're listening to us on. Oh, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button because that also supports us. We would love that. You can always find us, links we refer to during the show, and any of the podcast sponsors at arnardventures.com or linked here in these show notes. And until next time, enjoy that journey you're on. We're wishing you lots of adventures. 
Adios. Arrivederci. Au revoir. Adios. Uh, sayonara. Alvida <laughs> Sayonara. Uh, dos vidiniana. And a Bye. Bye.